0: Hello everyone, I'm Sophia, and you're listening to Beyond Study Abroad, the Notre Dame Study Abroad Podcast. We're so happy to have you all here today because we have a great episode in store this week. Continuing on our mission of highlighting a bunch of unique study abroad student experiences, today I'll be sitting down with Jamie Spencer to discuss not only her time abroad in both Jerusalem and London, but also how her identity as a first generation college student and a woman of color impacted her experience while there so today we'll be discussing a bit about the key concepts of each program that she studied abroad in as well as the major differences in cultures and perspectives that she came across while there so we're so excited to hear from her and let's go ahead and get started i'm here now with jamie spencer who is a first generation college student And also has an extensive study abroad experience. She studied abroad in the summer in London and for the fall semester in Jerusalem. So she's here today to tell us all about those times. So do you want to start off by kind of introducing yourself?
1: Okay, Um, so like she said, I'm Jamie Spencer. I'm a senior at Notre Dame. Um, I'm a neuroscience and behavior major. I live in Walsh Hall. I guess that's my Notre Dame introduction. (laughs) Um, And yes, I studied abroad um, in the neuroscience program in London of 2019. And then in the fall, I went on to study for the Jerusalem Global Gateway.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here, Jamie, and sharing your experience and your story. So can you start off by telling us kind of how you chose these two different programs?
1: So um, London was like a type of advertisement in one of my um, neuroscience classes at the time. Um, I just thought it would be really cool. I had never been, um, and it was a program that was advertised as learning about um, the history of medicine um, and some of the places where these things were started. And that's something that I'm interested in. Um, and so I took two courses while I was there: um, neuropharmacology of Great Britain, as well as bioethics um, with like a neuro concentration. Whereas Jerusalem was. Um, more of a last minute uh, decision. Um, Mm -hmm. They still had seats left in the program. And um, before then, I had already written off um, studying abroad in the fall. It was just like, okay, I'm gonna do the summer program. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm gonna do. I'm not sure that I want to be away for that long. For four months, that just seemed like excessive, especially after traveling um, during the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, But a friend talked to me, and was basically just like, just try it. Like you Mm -hmm. can decide afterwards if you want to go, if you get into the program. Um, but it'll always be a no if you don't actually apply and see where it, where it takes you. Yeah. And so um, I applied and I got in and sat and I actually talked with my parents about it. And we decided that it was a too good of an opportunity to miss. As a Christian, being able to be in the Holy Land and, and learn about conflict in the Middle East, um, it was just a great experience. That's awesome.
0: That's so great to hear. So can you tell us a little bit more about this Jerusalem program because I know it's kind of different from all of the other Notre Dame study abroad programs in the bigger cities like London and things like that so were there any aspects about it that were really unique that kind of you really took a lot away from that area that you studied abroad in in Jerusalem is just so different from what we're right, used to here right.
1: so so the Jerusalem program what makes it I guess what makes it different from all other programs is that it's really a study abroad experience um where you're not just studying in one culture, um, mm-hmm. or in one, one place. You're studying, um, a lot of different groups that live in the area. It's a very populated, uh, part of the Middle East. And a lot of people have different, um, religious backgrounds. Um, and so part of that was being able to experience, um, in one day, going to a university in Jerusalem, crossing the border, going to a university in Bethlehem. Wow. Um, and, at first, I think that that was a little daunting for all of us, mm-hmm. um, just coming from like, Notre Dame, coming from like a sense of one culture to uh, going to school and having to internalize those switches throughout the day. Yeah. And I think the Jerusalem program really does try to do a, um, a good job of giving us a vast array of the conflict happening there from many different perspectives. Um, and so being there and being able to experience that I actually came into the program not knowing much about the conflict there. So I would like to say or I like to say that I came in being very Mm open-minded to what was going to happen. I think the purpose of me being there was actually um, as a Christian, but that narrative played like a side character role while I was there learning about um, the voices and outreach of others.
0: Yeah, wow, that's a great way to put it. Um, Kind of all these different perspectives that you're getting going there so kind of talking about these different universities that you're talking about that you study at one I have a question about what that was like and two also kind of like the classes that you took there being like a neuroscience kind of like having this background in in science what kind of how did you put these two together like learning about the politics of that region with your science background and what classes did you take there that kind of helped you to do that
1: so um we started off the semester at Bethlehem University. The only class that I took at that university was Arabic. Oh, I mean, It was actually something that all 10 of us took together. Okay. So it was time for us to come together at the end of uh, most days and have a class all together where we were really being immersed in the language and culture of the. Because a, a great way to learn about the culture is to learn about the language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a beautiful part of that. But later on in the semester, we went to Hebrew University, and I took um three classes technically there one of them being history the other one being genetics and then I did an internship at a psych lab. Wow that's so interesting can you tell us a little bit more about the psych lab? It was very interesting I think for me seeing you know there aren't really that many differences um from like research um when traveling to different countries um and so I think that that was something that was shocking to me I'm not sure that I was specifically expecting any difference in particular. (laughs) But it was very interesting to see that there really was not much of any. I mean, there there are cultural differences. But in terms of the research, um, we're all, as scientists, trying to um, go about the scientific method in much of the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of the culture and history there, that didn't have much to do with science. I think that I really enjoyed my history class, which was a history of anti-Semitism. Oh, wow. that class was really rewarding um Mm -hmm. seeing the seeing hatred evolve Mm -hmm. into um something because of a difference of religion to being a difference of opinion on um who a person is um at their core in terms of race um and how that conflict has evolved in europe as well as the middle east um, over time
0: Wow, that's a perfect region to be learning all of that in, too. Wow, this all sounds so cool. Do you have any, like, specific experience or story in mind that was kind of, like, your
1: favorite? I think one of my favorite trips that we went on was to Nazareth. Um, It's a more, it's a less bustling city. Mm -hmm. Um, And attitudes change once you get from the core of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a very intense city um, because you have a lot of cultures that are fighting for something, whereas when you get to certain regions outside of that um some of those tensions and thoughts change and people um coexist peacefully Mm -hmm. in these regions and so it was like immediately getting into the city you felt a cultural shift where um people respected people were living together people were shopping together um that you had never seen at any other point in your abroad um, in your time abroad yeah
0: that's so interesting and i can't help but think like How different this was from my own personal broad experience because being in London, as I'm sure you know, because you were there for the summer, you don't really see any of this like conflict or tension between cultures. There's a lot of cultures there, Mm -hmm. but it's not like a defining feature of that region. Not only
1: do they coexist, they co-mingle.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So that's so interesting to hear this point of view from Jerusalem. So kind of switching gears, I'm sure you're the greatest person to talk about like the vast differences between the two since you've lived in both regions for an extensive period of time. So can you tell us a little bit about the London Summer Program and not only how
1: it was different, but, like, what you took from it? London was um, just a fun experience. Mm-hmm. I, it was, like, learning and being able to travel and just being – it was during the summertime. It was six weeks. Um, it was just pure fun. I think that Jerusalem was more of a serious experience. Okay. It was mm-hmm. a time to reflect on yourself on the state of affairs in your own country, on the state of affairs globally, um, how people move, how people think, what influences them to make the decisions, and Mm -hmm. how has history uh, shadowed that and and what the future will look like. Whereas London was a time for interpersonal growth for me. I think that I went on my first solo trip while I was in London. Oh, wow. um, Where did you go? I went to Paris by myself. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's always a great destination. Um, And so I think that... But while both of the programs were for me, um, London was more so an experience for just myself to be able to travel um, and learn about you know, medicine in a way that I could not have done before from a textbook, mm-hmm. whereas Jerusalem was more of a cultural um, shift and change for everyone involved um, with an emphasis and focus on others.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great that you got these two different experiences and that everyone listening to the podcast now can also hear about these experiences and maybe kind of be inspired to do the same thing or study the same kind of course that you took. So kind of shifting gears a little bit to your specific background. Now we've heard about your experiences and now we want to talk about what made them so unique. What about you specifically made them unique for you? Um, so we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about first-generation college students and how that impacts your time not only at Notre Dame, but also studying abroad through Notre Dame programs. So can we start off by kind of defining what is a first-generation college student and what it means to you? I think
1: that definition is really important because when I think of first-generation college students, um, two definitions come to mind. Um, And the first one would be like my parents. My parents went to college, they did not finish college. And largely, I think, because of the support and the expectation to finish college wasn't as great Mm -hmm. um, when they were in college um, in the 80s (laughs) um, like it is now. And so their parents um, might not have even finished high school at that point. Um, And so going to college, just even getting there was just like this crazy um, achievement, I guess, in a sense. Um, But the job market back then was a lot better than it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so leaving college um, because it wasn't an expectation for them and because there were possibilities and opportunities outside of it, it it seemed like the best thing that they could do. Um, Whereas I think for me, being a first-generation college student, the expectation from my birth was that I would go to college and Mm -hmm. that's something that they wanted me to do. And so they emphasized that my entire life. And so that's that's the position that I've been put in.
0: So kind of more specifically to you, I guess, is um, how did your background as a first-generation college student impact your time at Notre Dame before you studied abroad and also impact your decision to go abroad eventually? I know you wrote in the newsletter that it was like kind of a difficult decision to make. You know, you already established yourself at Notre Dame, so why leave? So how did you come about this decision and what is it that kind of made you so established at Notre Dame that you didn't want to leave
1: in the first place? I think getting here, one of the most important conversations I had before my parents left was that I belong. Mm -hmm. And at first, I didn't understand why they kept driving that point home. I'm like, okay, yeah, I belong. I got it. I'm like, Uh that's fine. But they just really wanted me to know that whatever happens these next couple of years, whatever you might experience, whatever um, happens that that might make you feel like an imposter in this situation, Mm -hmm. you earned your spot here. You got here. And that just confused me. I was just like, I, yeah, like, of <laughs> course I, I did. But as time went by and I saw less and less faces that looked like me, less perspectives from the South, I started to feel alone. Um, I think that imposter syndrome kind of set in really early as I had a new roommate and had to make all new friends. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't look anything like my upbringing. Yeah. Um, and I felt a sense of like... Um, Otherness, I think is what it's called being black, being a woman, um, not being Catholic. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this is a lot on me and a lot of being different from what the the student body looks Mm -hmm. like. Um, And that started to take its toll on myself and my ability to do well in classes. And I'm just like, this is terrible. So I think that eventually I decided that I can't let this be the end of me. Like, I have to finish school. I have to finish school there. that's what I want to do and so I need to believe what my parents told me a few years ago Mm -hmm. that I belong here and that I can do well here and I can strive here and my my voice will matter yeah and so I came back and I did better but that was my comfort zone at that point Mm -hmm. um so studying abroad was just like another big challenge and I'm just like I just got here I just buckled down (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just finally understood not technically where my place is at Notre Dame I think that a lot of people struggle with that Mm -hmm. uh where your place is and I think you don't have to put yourself in a box you can be a lot of different places and a lot of different um people Mm -hmm. um but being abroad was just like okay now I'm really gonna be put it in the middle of something where I definitely do not have a place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not my perspective. I have, and I just was not comfortable with that. Um, but then eventually, of course, like I said before, making the decision to go was another way for me to grow. I think, um, there's no growth without discomfort. Um,
0: that's a great thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. And sure. so
1: I, my mom has always emphasized spreading my wings. Um, and raising someone that can freely think and be independent um, and hold her own in any room, and, and I'm like, okay, I learned how to hold my own in any room at Notre Dame. Can mm-hmm. I do it internationally as a black woman? Mm-hmm. Um, that's my next challenge, and so that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> and you could, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's well, wow. That's so inspirational to also
0: hear, kind of like your thought process of going through this and kind of very inspirational Um, so do you think there's any other aspect of your identity that
1: kind of did impact your abroad experience and made it unique for you Um, I think I was really happy when I got to London to see uh, how many black and brown faces were there Um, it reminded it was even of course it was more diverse than here we are at Notre Dame but it reminded me of home in Atlanta Um, and I just I I guess I just I'm a city girl (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just seeing that much diversity again just warmed my heart, um, mm-hmm. and I was just in my element, um being able to walk around and no one look at me in a certain way, like I blended in for like the first time in a long time. I did not stick out like a sore thumb, uh-huh. and, I, and i I embraced this sense of anonymity, like I can go and be in peace, and I think that's so important. I think that a lot of people, when you look different from the norm. You're not at peace mm-hmm. um, because people notice you or notice what is different. It's as humans, we're driven to see what sticks out. Yes, um, and so I think that that was important for me. Whereas going to Jerusalem, that wasn't exactly the case. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are black um, Jewish Ethiopians, and there were times where I would be confused for one. Like people would talk to me in Hebrew, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh American uh-huh. <laughs> um, but there there were the looks I mean people are, are also naturally curious and so um I don't I think that border situations unfortunately they are they are racist they are profiling you um and that's a conversation that we had before we went into the program but I don't think we really saw the reality of it until we got there mm-hmm. um that American passport gets you through, but until you show that I look brown, I look black. Um, And so there's heightened um, suspiciousness going Mm -hmm. around that. And I think that that took a toll on a lot of different people in the program um, who could relate to that um, as time went on, as conflict um, rose. And I, I think that it was a surreal feeling that Up until showing your passport, you were treated like a second-class citizen, like many other people there. And then you showed it, and then you were like put on a pedestal. So to go back and forth between that, I think, was really hard on us. Um, Wow. that is This is just so interesting
0: to hear and so powerful, I think, to listen to. Because so many of our other podcast episodes have been about, yeah, I went to Paris and Belgium and all these different countries, but this is really... A perspective of the abroad experience of the international experience that not a lot of people talk about or want to talk about so i think it's really important that your voice is heard and that these aspects of abroad kind of are heard because it's very interesting and a real learning experience for you would you say that you took a lot out of this
1: um but first i want to make a I want to say that I don't think I don't want to discourage any black or brown person from this program because of what I just said.
0: It's definitely a different abroad experience, right? Than the one we're used to hearing about. You know, the narrative of going to all these different countries and getting all these Instagram pictures
1: and whatnot. Um, I don't want this conversation to be uh, the end or the beginning of someone writing off this program. I think that the reality is that around the world, darker-skinned people are discriminated against. Um, right here at home mm-hmm. and so don't, don't let that stop you especially in this case and specifically in this case from um, visiting those countries that you want to visit um, experiencing the things that you want to experience I think that actually in certain cases a lot of what black and brown people go through here in the United States when you go abroad and you talk to other people that have maybe been um, marginalized in their own um, local areas um, you can relate to them it's almost like a mutual bonding experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was rewarding, um, those as- aspects of it.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great to know. And that kind of flows perfectly into my next question is kind of like, what maybe advice would you give to other either first-generation college students or students of an underrepresented background like you who are thinking about studying abroad? Would you have any specific pieces of advice for them that you'd want to kind of add?
1: I think... And I wrote about this in the newsletter, but your voice is powerful. I think I didn't realize that the power, I've always talked about the power in small moments. Um, And you don't really realize that until you're looking at someone else and you're like, wow, what you just said really touched me. Mm -hmm. Um, But that could be you. But that could be you. It's important to share your stories. It's important to be open about your struggles, I think. Um, We have a community here. But there's also a larger network and community abroad. And so stay connected to your your support system um, while you're abroad. That's very important. It was very important for me to continue to talk to um, my friends and my family while I was there and debrief with them what was going on. Um, But it was also important for Notre Dame to ensure that other people that looked like me were in the program with me. Um, there were two other black students in the program with me, and we were able to, at the end of the day, talk about our experiences mm-hmm. um going abroad. Both and of course there were a lot more in London. Um, and so that was important to us, but I guess specifically in Jerusalem, um, because we went through the same things. We went through we go through the same things in the United States, we're gonna go through the same things abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can't have situations where you're the only one, um, because that's being that's like being ostracized or isolated. Yeah. Um That's a that's great. That's like that's a very encouraging thing for you to say and very
0: inspirational for a lot of other students to hear, even students not from underrepresented backgrounds, to hear that like they're also gonna face challenges, especially studying abroad in a region like Jerusalem in the Middle East. Um so I think that's great. It's really powerful that we get to hear both of these kind of stories from you from like the London and like having fun and getting to see medicine from an international perspective and also Jerusalem more of like a sober experience and like really getting to go through some self-reflection and learn a lot about the region there and how people are treated and everything over
1: there. But I think that I don't want anyone to think that people are over there walking around with their ha- heads hanging. Yeah, It's such a vibrant, vibrant culture. I mean, everyone's smiling. Everyone is wanting oh. to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they love us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Just go, and if you if you choose this program, go in with an open mind. It's it's, it's so much to learn there, so much to absorb, so many things to participate in, and they, and they want you to participate in their culture, and so I think it's very important that we do it. They always figure out a way to put a smile on your face, uh, and I think that some of the, the best times that we had there uh, was sitting down, talking with the people, and... Um, and figuring out that in the midst of everything that goes on there, life goes on, mm-hmm. you find joy in the, in the small moments um, um, of, of mundane life, I guess, and, and maybe not even so much mundane life of, of political strife. Um, so, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing your experience in both of these kind of vastly different study abroad programs and telling us all about how your background kind of affected it and impacted it and how it's really shaped you into who you are today. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this all. Thank you. Well, I hope that you all got just as much out of that as I did. I know this interview isn't really anything similar to what we've showcased on the podcast beforehand. But I think this episode and Jamie's story here is really powerful and inspirational. And I certainly feel honored to have gotten to listen to all of her amazing experiences and perspectives that made for a really unique time abroad for her. So I hope that you all tune in next week as we talk about what holiday time looks like abroad from the London Christmas markets to the beautiful winter weather abroad. We're going to hear from two students who actually enjoyed being abroad abroad during the holidays so much that they ended up staying in Europe through Christmas time with their whole family. So just in time for our very own upcoming American Thanksgiving holiday, we hope you all join us next week as we continue to venture beyond study abroad.